Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Racing Boys, and if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know, the funny thing about that is the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done! It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Todd Surprise running the show for us here to t- t- today. And Kirk Elliott, my partner for the last 23 years, is joining me. And we are the Racing Boys, and we can't thank you enough for tuning in. Marie's already checked in with us. We we can't thank her enough for doing so each and every week. She's always – Marie is typically one of the first people that says anything to us. And that that's always a good thing, isn't it, Kirk? She's a loyal viewer and listener. Welcome, Marie, and all of the listeners, wherever you may be. We've right. got some racing going on right now, Scott. What do you think about that? Right as we speak, which is pretty rare for a Monday. We, we, they've got the uh, big block modifieds running, right? Yeah, they, uh, the weather just hasn't cooperated out of the Swego Speedway this weekend, so they tried to get it in yesterday, couldn't do it, so here we are on a Monday. Three races They've already run the 358 Big Block Modifieds, and Matt Williamson won that race. They've got a uh, sportsman race that they're about ready to roll here, and then the big one, the 200-lapper, will be coming up the Billy Whitaker 200 coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. So if you're a Big Block Modified fan, this is one of the big ones. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, Vision carrying that, by the way. uh, uh, Marie said, happens when you get up at 4.30 in the morning. That's early. Right. You don't even get up that early, do you, Kurt? There's sometimes, you know, when you're updating the site and coming back from racetracks, we don't go go to bed until about 4.30. Well, I've been there. Listen, Let alone get up. The last 13 years on the road with the uh, the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour, sometimes I would have to drive 200 miles to get down the road to the next town. Yeah. And um, it, it was always a, a, a treacherous deal. And, and it, it, it was always bad when I had to get up on Saturday mornings. That was always bad. Now, typically, I get up at 5.30 on Saturday mornings to update the site, get ready for the Saturday morning show, which that's early, 5.30. Right. So we don't, we don't, fortunately, we don't have to do that every day like some people do. So, I get up once a week. Hey, God early. bless all of you that uh, <laughs> What are, day do you get up on, on that day, Todd? Fi- Sat- on Saturday? Saturday. So I can get here. I get here, you know, way before I'm here Typically, when Todd gets here in the mornings, um, it, 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 like today, when you come in, everything is all fired up and ready to go because I make sure that's all set up and everything. But Todd 
He gets in here about 6.30 on, on Saturday mornings, don't you? Yeah, 6.15 to 6.30, 6.45 if I'm running late. But I like to make – we have a lot of things to turn on. And then we're also dialing in to the tie line, which is, connects us with 8.10. And so to the radio station. We have a lot of issues that could go wrong. So I like uh, – from years, that, like you said, I've been here a long enough time to know got to be here early enough to make sure the – Things can, you know, there's always going to be something going wrong. So you get up about the same time I do on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Hey, we've got uh, Scott checking in from Fort Myers Beach. How about that? How about that? That's a that's a new one. That is. Welcome to everybody. Right. In Scott, we, we we welcome you to the show. I appreciate it. Hey, listen. Um, before we get too deep into uh, what we're going to talk about today, and listen, we've got a really good show lined up for you today. We've got, how long is that interview that we did with Sammy Swindell? 42 minutes. 42-minute interview that we did with Sammy Swindell the other day. And we're going to play it in its entirety. And we're also going to play the Blackjack Brian Brown where he picked up the Tuscarora 50. And um, we're also going to have Chase Rodman on and Trenton Berry as well. Our so regular guest. It's going to be a... A, a really good show really today. Really packed show today. Guys. Yep. No yeah, doubt. we just played a portion of the Sammy Swindell interview on Saturday. Not uh, yeah, well, not very long in the seven grand minutes. Scheme of seven things. minutes. Of yeah, it. we only played. We didn't even get into we three minutes was talking about how to order his book. So just know right. that right. Um, this interview is a forty-two minute interview. You're only going to hear Sammy Swindell sit down with. I don't know if anybody else he's sat down with almost an hour doing an interview. You know, right. and. Uh, like you said, he's got a website coming up, guys. Um, but right now, his Facebook page, he'll tell you all about it. And he's got some great stories that him and Scott and Kirk all talked about on Saturday. It was a, it was a great interview. We tried to get yeah. him live on Mostly Motorsports, but right. we picked him up the next day, Tuesday. Right. So. Well, he, you know, we covered his whole career, which spans more than 50 years. Right. Uh, and it's Sammy, 50 years of winning. He's Absolutely. still winning races, hey, by the way. He won a race down at Votto Speedway a couple of weeks ago. You know ago. the question I didn't ask him? I didn't ask him the question about what happened up at Heartland Park, Topeka, when they had the temporary uh, course on the drag strip. Him and Steve Kinzer got into it that day. I didn't ask that question. Well, here's, here's yeah, how we were both there to see it. Right. Well, we know we barely got to the Chili Bowl before we had to wrap up our. I mean, that's how long this interview is, you know, and how long his career is. You know, Kirk comes in with one of the very last questions. Well, before I let you go, we got to talk a little bit about the Chili Bowl because, and so that just tells you how we talked 40 minutes and we hadn't even gotten to the Chili Bowl talk right. yet. So yeah, just yeah. let you guys know this is a very extensive interview, you know. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, there's nobody like Sammy Swindell, nor will there ever be anybody like Sammy Swindell. And uh, you talk about last of a dying breed. Scott, I don't think there's going to be many racers in the future that's done it quite like Sammy has. No doubt about it. It's going to be a, a great interview. Uh, listen, Sammy is kind of, I, I don't want to say it, but he, he's kind of slow with his answers, right? That's Sammy. That's just Sammy. He's meticulous with what he's thinking and saying. Yeah. I mean, I he, he thinks about everything. Hey, listen, before we get too far into it, I want to let everybody know that we've got a brand new racingboys.com website, don't we, Kurt? Yeah, we just launched it last week, and uh, it's more user-friendly for your phone devices, iPads, and so forth. 
We've needed to do this for a while, and it uh, fits more of what we're doing right now. It's still a new site. Better on the phone. Right. Right. And uh, we still have a premium section, $6.50 per month. We've got the whole library. We will have. We don't have everything up there yet, but the entire library of when we did live Video events for ASCS. will be up on the premium section, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll have access to all of that, including Chili Bowl, Tulsa Shootouts, all of that stuff that we did over the years Right, will be up there. And uh, from time to time, we'll put fresh uh, original content up there, but... Uh, it's been updated, and the great folks at NitroQuest Media, uh, Jade Davidson and Jeff Nunn, have helped us get this thing up and going, and they've done a great job. And uh, let us know what you think. Race yeah. the Boys at RaceTheBoys.com. If you're an existing subscriber, all you need to do is reset your password. Your email address is the same username as the old RaceTheBoys.com, but to get logged in to the new RacingBoys.com, just reset your password. You should be good to go. And, Kirk, and again, the $6.50 a month, you can watch all of the video that we did throughout the course of the last right. 12, 13 years. Right. Right. And we're still working on getting it all completed. Over the next few weeks, we'll get more content from what we did up there, and eventually we'll have all of what we did up on the uh, section. So we're working on that. Be patient with us. Now that we've got the uh, new RaceTheBoys.com launched, we're working on getting the uh, video content updated. And uh, it's all there. If you want to go take a look at it, it's all there for everybody to see. Todd, what do you think about the website? Uh, I like it a lot. I what I what Oops, sorry about that, guys. What I really like, for anybody that's not, if you're not a Facebook person, you know, or if you're not always on Facebook or you don't have an account, whatever or if you're on a, somebody else's computer or what have you now you can just go right to racingboys.com and if you see that green button right there you'll see there's a green box that says live anytime we're doing a live program r2 r2 live shows that box is green you just click it and what that'll do it takes you right to our live stream our live stream that won't take you to the facebook page but that'll get you to the live stream which is what you're seeing right now on your screen and so after that You'll be able to interact with this and everything. And then, like you said, you could always go over to the Facebook page anytime you want. YouTube page, obviously, right. we're on there as well. You just go to the live section on YouTube. Hey, Todd. Click that, and boom, there we are. Uh, let's take people through the... Uh, Absolutely. Through the... Put put your uh, pointer on news, and uh, let me just show you what, what you get when you when you go to news. So there you go. When you click, when you hide, all you got to do is hover over these things. You hover over it. If you're a sprint car guy, dirt late model guy, dirt modified, you just click what you're liking and right. boom. Right. Look what all the stories that come up. You don't if you don't have to go through and search for the stories. If you're just a sprint car guy like Scott says, you can just go right in here, and all your stories are right there. Same way with your late models. I mean, it's it's right there. It's the easiest way to go about searching for your news it's we've so got quick. them in categories now it's so quick you should be and the cool thing about this is you know not only is it it's 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 so much user friendly for your phone at this point mm-hmm. once you get into the site whereas before I, I don't know if a lot of people you know it was more of a computer-based 
website, not a phone-based website. And he had to kind of, if you had bad eyes, you definitely had to expand your screen when you were, like, typing in your login name. This now, this this new website is awesome, Kirk. I, like I said, I like the way it's all set up. Um, the archives are going to be cool, but the, my most favorite part is is being able to just tell anybody, hey, go to that green box. If we're live, we're doing a show, just hit it, and we'll be up and live. I mean, that that's a really cool feature. So, like I say, if you have any comments, uh, send it to us at raceboys at raceboys.com, yeah. and uh, we'll keep tweaking it and we'll just let keep, it yeah. We'll just keep working at it, yep. right? Send us all your yeah. comments. Like you said, well, I've already had a lot of people reach out. I've only had one person say, is this going to be the new one? And I said, yeah. And he says, I kind of like the old one. I go, well, change is hard. And he says, I'll give it a few weeks. And, I, and so I just told him to open it up with his telephone. And tell me if you like it better now. And so I'm oh, sure it, it's going to be much better yeah. for the phone. It's, most people surf the net on their phones yeah, now, right? Now I think most of the people that might be upset about how it looks is the older people that were used to, you know, what I mean, they were just used to what it was, used to surfing around. But the cool part is, like I just said, that green button, guys, <laughs> and it's boom, and you don't even have to. There's no searching for anything no more. You just and hit we've it. got the uh, mostly motorsports banner where all the podcasts Absolutely. are for the mostly for this show, and for those of you that like to watch the live video, you can still do that on Facebook and YouTube. But and, we also and, have and, made and that it easier on the RacingBoys.com site to just click live. You don't have to log in like you did the old site. Just click live, right. and the video yep, screen. That's will what's be cool right. about hey, the hey, new and you you don't have to purchase anything nope. to watch these videos no. No. right track talk and mostly motorsports you can watch them for free yep. except for the uh well mostly the archives of the mostly motorsports video that'll be on the members section. that'll be on the member section we track but, talk live video will yep. be archived for free and then like you said if you're on our page hey kirk do we have all the mostly motorsports up there yet yeah yeah, they should be the uh, the shows that have been up there from the beginning. We'll check it just to make sure they're all up there. But, yeah, past I don't, shows are already up I, there. I, I'm not sure they're all up there because it, it, it goes back to February 21, 2022. Is, is that when we started? That's start? when we started, yeah. I, I thought <laughs> we started during the Chili Bowl. Well, we had a one. We, 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 we did. January of 2022 yeah I, we'll check make sure those i think the first one that one's the one that's on but like kirk was saying you could go to the homepage now and whereas the banner used to be at the top but if you want to find any of the this mostly motorsports I, what we're doing today you just click that banner and it'll take you right like you said boom there we are the audio right. podcasts we're, are all there all the audio podcasts yeah. episode 282 is the last complete one we're on episode 283 today guys 283 do you believe that kirk how about that? 283. How many of those shows did I do? 242 yep. by myself? Mm-hmm. You were doing them every day, Monday through Friday. Easier right. to Last knock, year. A little easier so to we'll knock them out once a week. When you're year. doing them once a day. But I tell you what, it, it, they wear your ass out, man. Hey, being on the air six days a week was very challenging. You got burnt out by that, huh? I did. I, I, I did get a little burnout. Yeah. And you were doing it without me sitting in here. You were just doing, doing it by myself. Just yeah. one day a week. Right. Me and Kirk would kind of talk with you. and Just o- one day a week. Open Fridays. Right, yeah. So, but I like the format we have now. It's it's uh, we got a lot of great interviews. And then if you miss these interviews, they're always available on the podcast. And then we play the best of the interviews on Saturday morning. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it it's a win-win for everybody on this. Right. I don't think we have 240-some podcasts up here on our website yet. 
or 283. Well, we'll check and make sure the video archives are up there. Not all of them are up there. We'll work on it. So, well, not a lot of racing to talk about this weekend, but uh, as the short track nationals got postponed to the end of the month, you were supposed to be down there for that. Well, let me just tell you about my trip down there to the short track nationals. It wasn't much fun. That was a trip to hell and back. It was. So I I, I get down on my way to um, Texarkana, and I'm driving down there, and then all of a sudden my truck starts running like crap. And it, it, it's a, a diesel, diesel it's, truck. It's a fuel problem, just so you know. And so... I get on a little two-lane highway with a three-foot shoulder, and next thing you know, I, I, I put some fuel additive in it because I thought I might have had some bad fuel. So I put some fuel additive in it, and it ran good for a little bit. But then when I got on the two-lane highway with a little three-foot shoulder, it started running 25 mile an hour. And the speed limit was 60 on this road. That's stressful. And all the trucks, all the cars that were trying to pass me on a little a highway that had a, a bunch of no passing zones. No shoulder. No shoulder. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not hit the signs with the trailer on the shoulder. Oh, my God. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm over as far as I can get on the shoulder. And I limp it into a little town. Um, I'm not sure what the name of the town was, but... I get into this little town, and thank God they had a restaurant there where I could eat a little Mexican food. And then the next thing I know, I saw a diesel shop down the street. And so I went to the diesel shop the next morning about 730, and I got in there, and they put a fuel filter on the truck. And I thought that was going to fix it. And it ran really good for about three or four hours. And then next thing you know, it started acting up again. A bad tank of fuel? So all I had, no, I don't think it's a bad tank of fuel. I think we got some other issues. But in the long story short is, is that I had to stop 20 times on the way home. When I'd stop, shut the, the, the truck off, the truck would run good for about 30 minutes and then I I would drive for about 30 minutes and then next thing you know I had more problems in the mountains of you Arkansas. You could go at speed at 30 minutes? I I could at, I could run at speed for 30 minutes and then it would lay down on you again. And then it would lay down on me again. And and it it that was the most horrifying experience trying to drive for 30 minutes. And you were like 6 hours away from home when this all went down. I was. Yeah. But you made it back home. I did. I limped it home. I you limped, didn't have to have it towed. I didn't have to have it towed. See, I'm trying to look at the positives of all this. Well, Kurt. And, and to top it all off, you get all the way down there and find out the race had been postponed for three weeks. I was 100 miles from the racetrack, and then they canceled the event. So, Kirk, they're, they're, they're going to redo that the the event on the – 26th, 27th, and 28th. It's going to take that long to dry out the track. That was underwater. Oh, my gosh. Texarkana 67 Speedway was underwater. Literally, it was like a lake. 
It was. There was no way they could have ran that. Look at this car that just got crashed in this. Oh, wow. This is live right now. In this live feature. action from Oswego Speedway and the uh, modified racing that's going on. Man, that there. car got destroyed. It looks like they're racing on ice. That that track is so rubbered up. I mean, they're sliding. They'd had a bunch of rain up there this weekend, and they had to postpone everything to today. So, anyway, hey, Matt Williamson has already won the 358 feature, and they've got the big 200 lapper coming up here in a little bit. So, Todd, do we want to take a break right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we'll come back and we'll, we'll play set, the we'll, Sammy yeah, Swindell we'll, interview. Yep, yeah, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll set up the interview just real quick, and we'll play the interview, and then we'll, we'll – uh, come back and uh, i'm just looking at this video this guy he didn't look happy guys i don't know he's not real happy there um the, that walk he's storming <laughs> and then watch the jump over the that tells you all you need to know that something he, right. he's not so yeah <laughs> we'll set not this. real happy <laughs> hey before we go to break yeah what'd you think of zeb wise winning his first outlaw race the other night i I, I thought that was Royal. great man i i i thought that was a a great race uh lance deweese led that race early um, Zeb Weiss was running second. Uh, Brad Sweet was running third. And, uh, you know, I was really shocked when I saw Donnie Schatz and Hunter Schoenberg get together, and they tore those two cars up pretty pretty yeah. big. Schatz didn't have a very good weekend out there, did he? No, uh-uh. Now, that's, uh, that's a big win for Zeb Weiss, the reigning all-star champion. So Finishes Zeb, ahead of Tyler Courtney, and Lance DeWeese ends up third. Hunter Schoenberg broke something, as and he came across the track, and he took out Donnie Schatz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Schatz would just soon forget this weekend. Of course, we're going to see him here in our backyard, Friday night at 81 Speedway, Saturday night, Lakeside Speedway. Looking forward to being out here to watch the Outlaws right in our home turf. Did you put in for credentials yeah. for us? You already did that? Already did. All right. So good. you're good to go. Right. And one other thing. Justin Grant wins $20,000 at Lawrenceburg Speedway on Saturday night in the USAC National Sprint Cars, and he won by six seconds. Justin Grant has it going on right now. So we'll get into all of that as the show winds along. You, you just had to throw all, out all the news before well, we... we got... Those are the big headlines, so we've got to get the headlines out there before we, we get got, into the we got a lot show. of interviews. He knows we're not going to get to much more after right, this. Right, yeah, anyway, no doubt so. about it. Okay, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Todd and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Their season is over for the year. So um, no chance to get to see them anymore this year. But, uh, man, Bob Douglas is such a good guy. And, Kirk, I know that you want to do the, the live read for this National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum right now. Well, we've got a couple of sweepstakes going on right now. The Both the drawings will be in 2024. The uh, sprint car drawing will be in December of 2024. But before that, next August, they'll be giving away the Corvette, doing it again in 2024. But right now, today, if you enter today to enter the Triple X Al Parker Racing Engines 410 Sprint Car, uh, go to uh, winasprintcar.com and type in Fall 20. You'll receive 20% more tickets. And you'll also be entered for a chance to win the Greg Hodnett Limited Edition Members Only 118th Scale Diecast. When you enter, today's the last day you can do that. Right. So uh, go to uh, sprintcar.com type in Fall 20. 20% more tickets, Kirk, and you'll get to win that, uh, maybe win that die-cast sprint car. We need to buy some tickets today. Well, today would be the day. Today would be the day to do it. And so, uh, and then also, the uh, they're going to give away a torch red Corvette next year with the uh, Z07 package in 2024, the week after the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, go to winaz06corvette.com to enter in. That sweepstakes to win that Corvette next year. Been giving away a Corvette for a number of years now. They're going to do it again next year. Back around and the all red. the proceeds go to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. We were at white. We had blue. And now we're red. Back to red again, I think. I think red was the first one they had, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. You know, most of my race cars, for the most part, were red. Did you know that, Kurt? Yeah. Yeah. I, I always remember you driving black, though. Well, I, 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 uh, towards the end of my career, I started driving black cars. Yeah. So. I don't remember that. Yeah, that might be before my time with you, the red. Right, right. Um, so let me, let me just clarify here a little bit about Sammy Swindell. His book is available on Facebook only. You send him a message, and he, he will autograph the book for you, and then send the book to you and it, it it's it's all it's, him it's not a really cheap book but let me tell you something it is a fantastic book isn't it Kirk? well if you're a sammy swindell fan or even a just a sprint car fan you right. got to get this book right, no and doubt because about it. It, it lays out the entire history of over 50 years of sammy swindell and winning races and a a, a ton of glossy pictures in there I mean, there is more pictures yeah, in that book than you can believe. Book. It's your classic coffee table book 
for sprint car fans. I mean, so what? Yeah. What? What's not to like if you're a if you're a sprint car guy, or a Sammy Swindell guy, yeah, or a photographer guy? And there's a ton of photos. If you're just interested in looking at old cool photos, man, there's a right. ton in there. And yeah. anybody who has followed Sammy Swindell over the years knows there's a lot of great stories to tell. Yeah, no doubt about it. It it it, it speaks of his whole life, and and that's what's so good about it. I I've only read maybe about 10 pages of it so far and uh it, it, it's just a great interesting read so this is the interview that we did with sammy swindell it's 42 minutes i hope that you enjoy it this is sammy swindell talking about his book And uh, joining us now is one of the greatest sprint car drivers of all time. He's won the Knoxville Nationals, the Kings Royal, Short Track Nationals, Syracuse Super Nationals, Chili Bowl, Silver Cup. He's done it all. Sammy Swindell joins us now on the on the air. How you doing, Sammy? I'm great. Great. How are you? I, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, man, I, I, I think about all the the success that you've had throughout your career. And I want to start off by talking about when, when you drove your first race, your second race you won as a driver. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was actually the third, but that's still, still close because the, the first time I run, my dad had crashed the car and he was trying to finish up his car and, they kind of straightened the axle and stuff, but they didn't know that the steering box had a tooth that was broke in it. So we wound up going to Milan, Tennessee in the first night, and I took off. And I, I mean, I drove it a couple times when they'd had some practice and did okay. And uh, I went out there and it was like, I was about knocking the fence down. You know, I just didn't want to go where it was supposed to go. So, so my first night, we didn't do too much. We kind of, Tightened up the box some, and I tried to run it, but it, you know, I still couldn't do a very good job. But came back to the next night, and uh, because it was like the Fourth of July weekend, so we ran on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I think it was. And um, the second night, I ran fifth, and he ran third, so that was all good. But then the next night, I won, so yeah, it didn't take long. And, and the, the third night we were in Greenville, Mississippi. So, and I think I won every race the rest of the year down there. Yeah, I, I think it was 1971. You won 30 out of 51 features that year. That that was yeah, a pretty good season, was. wasn't it? That was pretty good to start your first year. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about back in the day when when you first started out. They run the A, the B, and the C classes. Which class did you run the most back in those days? Well, when I started, I ran I ran the B car, which was like a little modified, little coupe body with a carburetor, mm -hmm. and that's what my dad had. And and so we ran I ran that his old car for a couple of years, I think two three years, and then we built a new four bar car which some of the guys are starting to do that already so right uh but, but i mean uh you know the second 
after I won that first year, the next year I came back and I won the track championship there like three years in a row. Right. In the B car. But, but the second year, then I started driving a sprint car for Bobby Sparks. And then the third year I was driving a late model for AJ Jeffries. So I was running all three classes there, West Memphis. And, and sometimes we'd run somewhere else where they ran the, you know, the sprint car and the late model on it run two classes at that place so right how how, a lot of, how was it to drive in three classes in one night was that pretty challenging for you as a driver well i mean you know i'm 16 17 years old so right those years and, yeah. you know and it's like nothing slowed me down yeah no doubt sammy i i got to talk a little bit about graceland um, did you ever get a chance to meet Elvis Presley? Uh, yeah, several times. Uh, it was my dad's uncle, when he retired from Firestone, he wound up buying a, they started building houses around Grace, around the one side and the back side. And he bought the house that was in the middle of Elvis's backyard. And his daughter would go around and and visit with the gatekeeper there. Uh, and got to be good friends. And then eventually, you know, the her dad wound up being one of the gatekeepers there mm-hmm. at Elvis's for a long time. So, so you know, we got to go up to the house at different times, and it, it was about that time that he was making movies, and he would bring the movies back to Memphis, and right down the street was a movie theater. He would just rent it like late at night and, uh, you know, have a select group or, you know, friends or whatever, watch the movie. And, uh, me and my older sister got the chance to do that about four times. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know it, but I had, uh, I owned a car that was in one of Elvis movies, blue Hawaii. It was a 1960 MGA, um, and it's down in Graceland right now on display down there. And a, a, a thing that I remember a, a, about reading in the book is that on on the 4th of July, they used to do a lot of fireworks down there, didn't they? Uh, well, I, I wasn't really around for the 4th of July, but, I mean, on New Year's, they really did a lot of them that uh. we were there because – my mom and dad would go to Nashville with some friends, but they'd leave us there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they were, him and his buddies are chasing each other around and, you know, with bottle rockets and shooting each other and yelling and screaming. And, <laughs> and every now and then we'd make enough noise and they'd fire a couple of, off over there to us. Yeah. Hey, uh, Sammy. I remember I, I grew up around Knoxville, so I remember when you first came to Knoxville. I, I want to say, what was that, 74, 75, you first showed up in Knoxville? Just talk about your first experience racing at Knoxville. Yeah, well, it was, it was different, I mean, because I'd, I'd run a few places, uh, but, you know, with the sprint car, but we were running up at Hobstad on Sunday nights, and... Uh, yeah, I'd ran a few tracks, I can't recall which ones, but that were like maybe a half mile. But, you know, we got there to Knoxville, and it's, you know, really big corners. And so that was a 
quite a bit different from what I was used to at the time. And, um, you know, but learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, learned a lot of things that that you could do that helped us, you know, a little bit everywhere, you know. But there was a few races, you know, that it took to really figure out what I needed to do with the car to have the car to, uh, to be competitive and win races. You know, Sammy, you've always been a really sharp mind and you've, you've done things on your own so much over the years. Um, what, it, what do you think is your biggest accomplishment in all of racing? I know in 1978, they started the world of outlaws what was that like when they started the world of outlaws? Was, was that a good thing? Uh, yeah, you know, because there was races that the purses were bigger. So it's like you had the opportunity to make more money, you know, doing the same thing you would be doing otherwise, you know, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first year with the team I was driving for, it was for MA Brown. We didn't, get to do all that traveling and I think only run like 10 of the races. Right. How'd you get hooked up with Laverne Nance? Uh, Well, it was just a deal where, um, you know, I split up with the FedEx guys there at at Knoxville and we were sitting on the pole, but, uh, you know, they just made some demands about, me and my family and stuff that I didn't agree with. So we split up and, and, uh, you know, at the same time, it's like Laverne found out I wasn't driving anything. So he came over and, and asked me to drive his car. Yeah. Well, you guys had a lot of success. You won a couple of world outlaw championships with Laverne. Just, uh, talk about uh, the changes in sprint car racing, Back in those days, a lot of things were changing on these cars at that time, were they not? Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's you know, one of the things I think, like, one of the first things we went down there, he wanted me to stop over, and, and we were going to get his car and go run it. Um, I think we wound up going to, like, Jackson, Tennessee, and then they had a World Outlaw race at Eldora, and we won the one in Jackson, and then I think we won one of the nights or something up there at Eldora. So, uh, but it was, when I was sitting in his office, you know, the first thing he says, he says, I don't think I can afford you. And I said, you really can't afford not to have me. <laughs> right. And uh, he says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I can, you know, I've got ideas of how to build these cars so you can build them faster. And I said, well, who makes the most money? In the shop, he said, the welder. And I said, well, we could take two hours of welding time out of every car. That car is going to be cheaper, but you're not going to sell it cheaper. Right. Then we're going to make the cars different to where you need two welders, and we're going to build sides and you know, and then stand them up and then put the cross members in so it'll take way less time to build a car. And, uh, you know, we need to build these, we need to have these cars where a guy can put his car together with just a little small toolbox that, you know, I've been to so many of these and the the body panels don't fit or one's different from the other. And, 
you know, you, you can't just sell parts because then, you know, you just, you just have to make a fixture for every piece. Right. And I said, you're a machinist. You can do that. He said, oh, you have to make fixtures. I said, you got to make this where they're all the same. Right. And that was the big point. It's like, you know, he, he could stock up his inventory and just stamp out pieces. And then it's like, you know, we need to put, he had his grandkids working. That's well, we'll just get them to, you'll make a, a fixture to make the radius rods, all the deals and we'll have everything set. So you don't just sell a guy a radius rod. You sell them a radius rod with the rod ends and the nuts and they're already set. So all he has to do is bolt it on. Right. I, 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 so he got pretty, pretty interested in all that stuff. I'm going to ask you a question and I, 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 I don't know if this is a proper question or not, but did Bill Smith ever ask you to drive for him? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> because he probably was, he was probably, uh, uh, with Doug Wolfgang and Opperman, I guess it was, uh, I guess he, he was probably a, not a big fan of yours. Probably not so much. Well, I don't, I don't say that he wasn't a fan. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, cause I mean, we came out there early to, I think, to Peaker or some maybe some other place out there that was close to his place, and and Opperman was leading it, and I passed him on the bottom and won, you know. But most of them guys were just like, you know, at that time it's like you're on the top, and then that's what they were good at. But I was good at running the top and the bottom, so yeah. uh, you know, I don't think they were too happy with some kid coming out there and with somebody else that built a different car and was making that look pretty good but I mean we we talked and we were friends and everything sort of but you know just the opportunity never came up I guess and you know I kind of think he wanted to kind of race with guys that were kind of from out in that area right yeah uh, Sammy, you'd won two straight uh, World of Outlaws championships, 81-82, and you got hooked up with Raymond Beetle, who is a drag racer, three-time funny car champion. How did you and Raymond Beetle meet? Well, I was I was going down to, to the NASCAR Cup race in, in Atlanta, and we wound up being on the same plane, and we wound up sitting next to each other. And that was about the time he was putting stuff together to put a cup team together with his drag race team. So it's like uh, just the thought came up, well, you know, why don't we add, you know, you had the sprint car and let me do that. But, you know, we we were going to do it with Nance, but, but he went through a deal and he was going to let his son Carol run the shop and, and then, me and Carol really didn't get along because I come in, had all these different ideas and all these things, and it was so successful. He kind of got, I guess, like pushed to the side. So when he took over, he that kind of ended our relationship at Nance. Yeah. So, Sammy, how many times has your ideas interfered with a program that you were with? How many times over the years has that happened? I don't really understand 
what you're asking me there really. Uh, but you know, most of the time it's people let me do what I was doing because it was working. Right. I mean, uh, you know, there's been sometimes when I grow for people that didn't have the stuff and they didn't want to spend the money. And, you know, when I've been, went from one to another place and it's like, well, I've, you know, this guy wants to race, but he don't really want to win. So, I mean, I had to get with people that believe totally in me and, and would kind of let me just run the show, which that's what I was good at. And you treated everything like it was your own back then. Right, no doubt. The way I yeah. thought. Well, it's, every, it's the biggest thing that I looked at it. You know, it's a business. It's not a hobby, and you can't right. go do it. And you got to be successful. Right. All right, you won uh, the your one and only Knoxville Nationals with Raymond Beetle in the old Milwaukee car, nineteen eighty three. Talk about that that night at Knoxville. That was that was a big big night for you. Yeah, I mean we had a really good the whole weekend. Um, you know, just went right along there with us. But I mean, there was there were several times. I mean, even back when I was in driving for M.A. Brown the Bruce Kogel car at 44. I mean, we started on the pole, I and mean, we, like, dominated. And we won a lot of big races that whole year, I think, back in, like, 76. Uh, but, you know, we won our preliminary. We started on the pole, and he thought it, the guy that was working on it had went and, well, we need to get some new gears, and he wound up trading Rick Ferkel something, and they didn't make it to the flag stand. Hmm. You know, the same that year we were leading uh, the Western world and we had a rear end blow up, you know, so it was like, we got to get on top of all this stuff. And it's like, you know, and Dr. The main, it's like, you know, we just got to have the best part. We got to do these things right. There's a couple of things I didn't like and, and, and didn't think was right. And uh, it took a few people to, kind of convinced the guy working on the car that, well, what he was doing, you know, wasn't the right things to do. So, uh, but we got that to, you know, and that year we could have won most all the big races, but, but the car didn't finish. Yeah. So the first thing you have to do is make sure you have something that's going to finish races or, it doesn't matter how good you are or what you've got. You're not going to get the opportunity to win races if your car can't finish. You've always been such a great innovator when it comes to sprint cars and, and just trying to do things your own way. Tell me how much that means to you to do it your own way. Well, that's a lot because, I, I you know, there's – I'm not sure – there's a, a group of people or even anybody that can do the things that I've done. You know, all, you know, a lot of different things. I mean, there's a lot of things I've brought to the table in sprint car racing that's made the cars better. It's made them safer. And, um, there's a lot of things I, you know, really most people, <laughs> wouldn't believe all the little things, little changes and details that we've made and, and that I've 
come up with ideas and ways to do things with almost every part on the car and help manufacturers and a lot of different things that make pieces. And, you know, I was the one that had the very first beadlock in the world. Oh, really? Well, how about, how about that? Well, it's in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't got all the way through the book yet. I, I I've, I've read yeah. a, a good portion of it, but I haven't gotten all the way through the book yet. One other person yeah. I wanted to talk to you about is Harold Annette. Uh, just kind of talk about the impact that he had. You were with him for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, we just kind of got together through Kenny Jenkins, which he was running the parts deal at Nance when I was there. And then he moved to Gambler and, you know, and then on Harold and him were kind of together on cars or something. And, and he got me in the, Want me to come up and put it together for me to come up and drive the car when it was a number 12 car. And uh, we came up and went there to Lakeside, the old Lakeside. Yep. And uh, one there, and I think we went to Knoxville and one there. And so then it kind of got the conversation started. And, and like, we just made a, you know, months or whatever down the road that we would do something the next year yeah let, let me let me ask you something about the old lakeside speedway not the new lakeside speedway that was built in 1989 so what what are your memories of the old lakeside speedway that that was a track that i went to every friday night and then i went to riverside every saturday night and those were my two tracks that I went to. So what's your thoughts about the old Lakeside Speedway? Uh, well, it was a it was a nice track, nice facility for the day. Yeah. And you know, the way it was with the stands were like built in the hill or I don't know how they cut it or what it was like before the track was there, but it made a good setting because of, you know, I believe the stands went on around, or they had places to sit on the grass and around in the corners and stuff a little bit. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, but it was it was a big place, and um, it, it looked more like a stadium than what your normal racetrack would look like. Right, right. So let me ask you: from 1980 to 87. I-70 Speedway was a dirt track. Greg Weld ran that racetrack. Um, that track was pretty treacherous, wasn't it? Well, it was just uh, the way it was banked. I mean, it would. there was a big transition when you get to the corner, and then you're in the bank, you know, pretty quick. Right. It was the straightaways were a little flat. They were banked some, but it, the transition, it was just like you ran and you – you're almost like running into a wall, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed it because it was faster and, and, uh, you know, you had to be watching way ahead because you're going so much faster and, yeah. and I think it intimidated a lot of people and, and, uh, but all those were the ones that was like, you know, I, I want to be the one to master these ones that people can't right 
Uh, two other racetracks I want to talk to you about. Eldora Speedway, Williams Grove Speedway. You won big races at both those racetracks. I think you're one of your three-time Kings Royal winner. You've won twice at the National Open. Talk about those two legendary racetracks there. Yeah, well, you know, it's like I got to go up there, I think, uh, in Eldora was probably maybe 76 or something, and it's like, this place is cool, you know, and, 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 and that's really where I got my nickname, you know, that Terry Baltus, which was Earl's son that was the announcer, you know, he started calling me Slam and Sammy because I was one of the first runs to run wide open around there. <laughs> you know, so I'm slamming the car in the corners, and that's what he talked about, and that's where that came from. But won a lot of races there. And, uh, you know, but I really liked it better the way it was before they took the banking and made, made it completely different, made it, you know, more of a late model and the NASCAR guys could race on it. Yeah. Uh, l- let me ask you a question about the million dollar race. Do you think that they should run that every year, or do you think they should run that every four or five years? What What's your thoughts on that? Well, it'd be nice if they could run it every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Tony's got the money, right? I, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him pull a couple dollars out of his pocket instead of putting right. them in. <laughs> hey, getting back to Williams Grove, they just finished up the National Open this weekend. You won a couple of times at that big race out there williams grove speedway what are your thoughts about that yeah well that was that was another place i liked because it was just different and and both ends are different and uh so you never have a car that's like if you got a track that both ends are exactly the same well you just got to set up for the one end one or the other and there you go but if you got a say well my car's going to be a little tighter here i got to enter a little different this end and the other end, you got to leave it open, and you know the end's bigger and it's flatter. Uh, you know, it's more of a challenge. Yeah, Sammy, how can people get a hold of your book? Um, it, it, it's such a great book, and it, it, it to me personally, as I'm reading it, I, I just get entranced in it, and it, it's so intriguing to read this this book. How do people get a hold of your book? Well, first off, you know, as we were doing it, I probably spent two and a half years on doing this book. And what I wanted to accomplish was like, you know, if somebody reads the book, it's like they're listening to me talking to them. Right. To where it relates. And, and anybody that might know me, maybe somebody that doesn't wouldn't see it. But, but it's like, you know, there's so many books that other people actually write for somebody and, it's just a book with all their thoughts and how it went. But this is, you know, like the words out of my mouth, you know, the way I saw it, the way I did it, you know, so it, I think it adds a lot to it. But right now I'm just doing it through Facebook, my racing page, Sammy Swindell Racing. And you can go there and click on the book and it'll take it a messenger you just leave me a message and then we can get together and get you a book i mean my website is almost done and that'll be sammy com, 
that will be people will be able to just go there and shop there and, and, and buy books or what whatever we have at the time right uh, but that's maybe a couple two or three weeks down the road but so right now if you just go to Sammy Swindell Racing Facebook page and it's my page and I do it all myself so uh, just send me a message give me your address and I'll tell you how you can pay for the book and we'll ship it I'll sign it you know there's no other place you can buy my book that you can buy it and have it autographed at the same time Right. Boy, it's a great-looking book. There's no doubt about that. I can't let you go without talking about the Chili Bowl. When you think of the Chili Bowl, you think of Sammy Swindell. You were there from no the doubt. very beginning. You're still racing in it. Just your thoughts about the first time the Chili Bowl occurred, 1987. And uh, you won five of these races, and your son, Kevin, has won four of them. Uh, just uh, your thoughts about the Chili Bowl where it started and where it is now. Well, I mean, that was a deal where, where Lanny Edwards just called me and says, hey, you know, we're trying to run this thing here, just going to put this into a race, you know, in January when nothing's going on. And, you know, and Emma Hahn's going to help me because he knows some of the people there in town as about as far as getting the building and getting some of the stuff pushed through to do that. And, uh, he said, well, Bob Berryhill's going to sponsor with his company, the Chili Bowl. And uh, they had to come out there and run the little shootout thing they had where we, they would, uh, well, they had some, you know, they were running some go-karts and some mini sprints or something or whatever it was. Or right. It, it was like a... 1100 seats, some big motorcycle motor that you sat behind, and he put a lot of the sprint car drivers there. I mean, like I was there, Shane Carson, you know, Tommy Estes. I, I can't remember who all was there, but we'd run together, and it'd be like a team deal. You know, it's like the kids would run the cars, or or we'd run the cars first, and then the kids run the car. But I was fortunate enough that, that Emmett wanted me to drive Steve Hahn's car, and the guy I was working on it always like that because I could go there and then I could like, well, we get it dialed in or, you know, I had, well, we need to change this or I, I need to do this. And, and we, I think we won every one except when the chain came off one time, but, <laughs> but we would do that like the week before and, and then, then run the, the midgets the next weekend, similar to what they do now. Right. And, uh, I mean, I had the first one won. I was driving for Mike Stryker, you know, and that's when everything, most of the cars were Volkswagens. And uh, we passed Rich Vogler for the lead, but at that point they didn't have a curb or anything there. They just had some kind of smaller tractor tires there, and they didn't put any dirt in the infield so it was concrete and a couple of guys got together and hit that concrete so across and knocked a tire out one of them tires out in front right in front of me and i couldn't get it off and i i mean i kept pushing it till that volkswagen wouldn't push it anymore <laughs> but you know i i'd assumed that i would get my spot back it was like it wasn't my fault right 
<laughs> the tire was in the track, and and I had, well, they put me to the back, and then I still got up, I think, to about maybe fifth or something. But yeah. I should have won the very first one easily. Yeah. So, there's a lot of them I should have won, but I've won five, and I've been really close at probably another five or six. And But it seems about the last five years, I mean, I know the last two years, I can't even get through the first lap of the heat race without getting crashed. Right. Hey, do you think they should limit the amount of cars that run the Chili Bowl? Is, 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 is there too many cars? Do you think 350 to 400 cars is too many? Well, they're not going to do that because that just just adds to the purse the more people you can put in there. That's true. You yeah. know, the thing I would see to do would be, you know, like the year before, um, when I got my frame all kind of destroyed, you know, and didn't make it off the second turn, was they said there's five rookies, you're starting seventh, and there's five people that's never raced here before. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what we need to do is, like, you know, seed the thing. It's like, well, if you've been there, you get to run. You know, if you haven't ever been there, well, then if there's enough, you know, they just have their night. And just some way, but the biggest thing is, you know, they tried qualifying, but they didn't like that because then that put all the best cars and got rid of the other ones. And they thought that, well, they won't get as many people there because some guys will say, well, I don't have a chance. But, right. you know, it's really not fair to the people that do it for a living uh, to have to race against people that have never, ever been in a car or never, ever been there and, you know, and take a bunch of cars out. It's just the the dangerous part of the whole thing is is the draw, right? And how they line the cars up is yeah. that it's such a mismatch. You know, like last year, the guy's car took off; it went about four feet, and then it like died. And I was behind him. Well, I've seen what was going on, but the three guys behind me they're going wide open and drove me right into the guy. Yeah. And then he pulls off because I know in the warmups I came around and caught him right there at the end. And it's like, this guy can't even make the corner. Right. But, you know, you would think to people that, well, you know, my car's not competitive enough to run with these guys, but then people get the ideas, you know, and they talk about, well, if I can get a good draw and start up front, then I might be able to do something. Well, you know, there should be something, that kind of seeds some of that to get rid of some, you know, or like you can go there and run, but first you got to prove yourself. Yeah. Because I've had to. Well, all I know is, is that you're still winning. You won down at Votto here just a couple weeks ago. Talk about that win. And you, you can still win races. And that's what anybody Anybody that is a big giant Sammy fan still loves to see you win. Yeah, well, I mean, we ran several races, 360 races up at Knoxville, and I mean, most of the nights they would always have 40 to 50 cars there. Yeah. And I couldn't see how, you know, that I really was only once 
during the whole year was on the right end of the qualifying lineup, you know, where the, if the track goes off, you know, two tenths or so, you're either at the front of the field or the back of the field. Well, a lot of times we were back, but I did wound up the one night I did go out earlier is that I qualified good enough to make the invert start on the pole, but, but we had a new motor and the guy thought it was going to use too much fuel and he put like an extra seven gallons in it and didn't tell me and well, then we're dra- the frames dragging the ground, but right. I held on and still finished fourth. But and one of the last times we were there, we started back about eighth or something, twelfth, and got right up to fourth. And and then where I was passing people on the bottom, kind of went away. But you know, I was close to winning a few races up there in a very competitive series. And yeah. You know, we went out to Vado, and they still have good cars, but they don't have a lot of cars, and we were able to win both nights fairly easy. And then just this past Saturday, I went and drove Dale Howard's car. Uh, we kind of made a deal to run the short track nationals this weekend. Yeah, and He said, well, just come over here and run, and you'll get some time in the car, and we can figure out some things so we did that and I was fastest in practice won my heat started second led probably 18 laps but I got in some traffic and uh, I guess they'd had a problem with this guy when Kaylee drove the car there at West Memphis and this guy thought he crashed her so he decided he was going to wasn't going to let me buy when I was slapping him. So <laughs> after stopping and parking five or six times, so the guys catch up. Well, it's like, you know, if you're second or whatever, you, you see somebody gets held up, well, you just go the other way. So I wound up and I was second, but then I run up on a couple cars. Yeah. How big of a loss is it for About I, for I, six inches from, Go ahead, Sammy. But but it's like, you know, for not racing at that track for several years and just getting in somebody's car and being able to compete and be actually a little faster than most of the guys that run there all the time, which yeah. they're not, they're all, they, they've got, you know, four or five guys that can run pretty good. So, yeah, uh, and having a chance of winning that. Yeah, and um, yeah, we wound up bringing a lot of people to the racetrack and had a lot of fans there that night. You, you've always brought a lot of people to the racetrack. Um, I, I've got to ask you about I thirty shutting down and closing up, and now they're going to race the uh, Texarkana sixty seven. Um, what What do you think about that racetrack down there? Have you ever raced at that racetrack before? I haven't ever been there. You've never been there. No. And but, you? You know, it's just things move on. I mean, it, eventually things change, you know, and people get older and it's time to cash in or they get an opportunity and well, you can't blame them for, you know, selling it. Right. I mean, it's their property. It, it, it's kind of like Kirk and I, we did the Chili Bowl for 16 years 
But when Flo come in there and offered us some money, we had to take it. That's just the way it is. You know what I mean? I tell you this, uh, no one, and, and you hold this distinction, no one won more short track nationals at I-30 Speedway than Sammy Swindell. You got to be pretty proud of that. Yeah, and then there's the same. There's there's a few that got away or, you know, a broke leading one and had a flat or something leading one. You know, it's like I've had opportunities to win more, but we did, we got five on the books and yeah. They're not going to erase that. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so if you want to buy Sammy's book, all you need to do is go to his Facebook account. That's Sammy Swindell Racing. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. And and if you want to buy the book, let me tell you, it's a great read. I've got the book propped up in front of our camera right here, right now. And I'm telling you, if if you want to read the life history, the last 50 years of Sammy Swindell racing, this is a, a great read, and I, I recommend everybody to purchase a book at Sammy Swindell Racing on his Facebook page, and then your your website's going to be up in a couple weeks, SammySwindellRacing.com, right? Yeah, you can just check on that and just keep going, and we're eventually going to have it open and and. and probably make it a little easier to sell things through it that way. But, uh, you know, if they just scroll down on the Facebook page, you'll see the book and just punch on the book and it should tell you to go to messenger and you can leave me a message and we can get it done. Yeah. Sammy, I, uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the show today, man. It has been such a pleasure to talk about your life history and everything that's gone on. And you're going to find out much, much more if you buy this book as Sammy Swindell, 50 Years of Racing. And it is such a great read. And we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the show today, Sammy. Yeah, it's a great, it's a hardcover book. It's a coffee table book. It's not a paperback thing. And there's a lot of really nice pictures in it. Uh, there's a ton of great pictures hundreds, in it. Hundreds of pictures in there. Yeah, no doubt about it. 352 pages there. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's going to take me a while because I'm a slow reader, so I'll have to get through it a little bit at a time. So just so you okay. know. Uh, thanks so much, Sammy. Yeah. I appreciate you. Well, you're welcome. Thanks. All right, Sammy. Thanks so much. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Their season is over for the year. Just uh, some interesting news coming down the pipe. Kirk, tell us what the news is. Anthony Macri back in the 39M car. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Elliott of SprintCarUnlimited.com is reporting that Anthony Macri is going to be returning to the Macri Motorsports car this weekend and moving forward. Uh, don't have any further details on that, but that news breaking this morning. And, you know, I kind of thought that that might eventually happen. I mean, this is a family-owned team, and when they split apart, we were out at uh, – the Kings Royal and the Million Weekend at Eldora Speedway when we heard that news break that Anthony Macri was not going to show up to the Eldora Million and the Kings Royal. And everybody was shocked. You know, he was so successful in that 39M Macri motorsports car. But I think some burnout issues and the, the split between he and his dad, some issues involving that and well, he stepped out of the car in one of the biggest weekends of the year. And so he drives for Bernie Stugin in the 71 car for a while and uh, just kind of bounces around a little bit. But I think the, the biggest eye-opening was this weekend at a track where Anthony Macri is so dominant at and so didn't good even make the speedway, A. He wasn't a factor at all this weekend. I know it. And so he got in a wreck, didn't he? On Friday night, he wasn't even in the field on Saturday night, so right. you're thinking maybe something is up there. So, it I I think this is great news because uh, I, Anthony Macri wasn't su as successful in these other rides as he was that family-owned 39M car. We'll just say that. I've been saying it all along that him and his family are going to reunite. I've said that on yeah. this show before. It's family. It's family, and and. Uh, the success that they had with the 39M car was second to none. And then if you're Anthony Macri and you're watching Lance DeWeese do what he did the other night. Right. And have it, he, he didn't win the race on Saturday night, but he battled it out up front with Zeb Wise. He ended up third in the race, and Anthony Macri was watching it all go down. The, so, night, the night that Tyler Courtney won, he ran fifth. Yeah. So I think this this is great news. I think it's good for Anthony Macri. I think he realizes sometimes this and, is what happens. You step away for a while. You get a different sense hey, of what's going on, and you come back. Right. And, you know, and, and, uh, you and, have a greater appreciation for everything Kirk, once you step away for a while. Kirk, and the night that Zeb Weiss um, won, he ended up fifth that night as well. So, um. Chase Rodman joins us here on the show. Chase, how you doing? Did you hear the news? Have What's you heard that? the Have you heard the news that that um, 
Anthony Macri's back in the 39M car? Yeah, I did read that earlier today, and uh, I was hearing some rumblings about it this weekend. Um, so kind of, I guess, saw it coming. Didn't know they were going to announce it today or anything like that, but I guess uh, I kind of heard the, the beginning of it uh, this weekend at Port. So that's good to see. Um, I'm sure they'll be right back to where they were at when you know everything fell apart. I think they'll be right back up to speed pretty quick. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a question. Were you a little supply surprised that blackjack brian brown won the test score of 50 to be honest guys i was shocked that he was able to pull it off uh, i was i was there i was able to i was able to watch that one as a fan on thursday night um and you know i i mean i think a couple of things went his way obviously there was a lot of guys that were up front and and had some problems you know i think you know marks was one of them he had an issue uh obviously he spun out in the lead uh, a couple other guys, Rico, he, he broke, I think, midway through that race, and a couple other guys had some problems too. But, uh, I mean, that's racing, though. He put himself in position, put kind of a questionable move there on Chase Randall to make the pass, but he did it and, and was able to hold on. I'm, you know, probably one of the biggest wins of his career. So, um, I was, yes, I was definitely shocked that he was, um, that he won. I don't think of Port Royal Speedway as a track that Brian Brown would be, uh, you know, a winner at, especially on uh, such a big stage like that. I think when we think of Brian Brown, we think about the big tracks really suit his driving style, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Port is a big track. And, you know, that night, I, I would say it was kind of up his alley. It was pretty fast, uh, not not very slick in the feature. You know, there was a lot of rain and stuff throughout the week the leading up to that race. Um, so it left the track pretty fast. And, you know, everybody was kind of just, most you know, for the most part, hammering the top the whole way. So, um, I guess it worked out. It suited his driving style, and uh, he was able to pull it off. So, um, you know, it's I, I like seeing guys that we don't expect to win, you know, pull it off. I feel like everybody kind of was expecting Kyle or Rico or, you know, Marks or somebody to pull off the win. But, you know, it's always cool to see kind of a surprise winner. Yeah, it, it, it was that was a, a daring move when he get when he went around Chase Randall, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was kind of a, like I said, a questionable move. I don't know if he was quite clear or not there, but, um, you know, Chase Randall, I'm sure he'll remember that one. But how about his his night at the score of 50? You know, he led half the race and uh, his first ever time there, and he was right there in the thick of things, you know, finished third. It was a great night, great week for him. Um, he's been super impressive, and I think that, you know, I don't have any insider information, but wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, on, you know, a, a tour next year of some kind in a, in a good car. I mean, he's just done so much this year to, you know, I think he deserves one. He's he's definitely a driver that can go just about anywhere now and, and compete. We saw it these last two weeks. He was at Williams Grove and made the show there, was going to make the show in the next race, and then had some kind of a mechanical problem. And then he was solid at, at Port Royal. So um, he's definitely proven himself this year. Yeah, especially the way he ran at the Knoxville Nationals this year, a track where he uh, ran a lot this year. Uh, for him to put on that kind of performance he did at the Nationals this year really opened up a lot of eyes. Let's talk about the Outlaws Friday and Saturday night. A couple of standouts from the All-Star Series taking the headlines. Tyler Courtney on Friday night, Zeb Wise on Saturday night. What would you think? Yeah, I feel like going into that weekend, everybody was kind of talking about, you know, Outlaws versus Posse, which one of those, uh, you know, 
groups is gonna is gonna win. You know, and that's what we always talk about when we go to Pennsylvania. But uh, neither of them won. Um, you know, the Outlaws were even shut out of the. Oh no, Logan finished third on on uh, Saturday. So you know, you had one Outlaw on the podium each night with Gravel and Shoehart. Uh, but each night won by the All Stars. Man, that was pretty crazy. Uh, the two, and I thought it was pretty cool that you know it was the two guys that battled it out for the championship all the way down to the last race, and they're good buddies outside the racetrack, you know. So um, it was pretty cool, you know. And uh, it's always fun when you get a first-time winner, right? I, I love yeah. first-time winners. I think that was our third one this year. Brady Bacon was the other, and somebody else I can't remember off the top of my head um, won as well. But um, it was cool to see first-time winner and. I mean, almost two first-time winners. Sunshine hadn't won a race in two years with the Outlaws, so it had been a long time for him. It was just a cool weekend overall, great storylines, and uh, you, you just love to see that. So coming down to the wire, they only got like eight races left, so um, it's been going by pretty quick. You know, you think about it, the All-Stars, Zeb Weiss has 13 wins, and this was his first win with the World of Outlaws. That tells you the difference between the two series, right? Yeah, and I mean, uh, I've said it on the broadcast, Zeb hadn't even had a top five in his outlaw career. Um, right. So, I mean, that that win was his first podium and first top five of his career uh, at Port. So, and he had to do it. It wasn't easy, you know. I mean, he had to change engines after the dash, um, and then he had to pass Lance DeWeese, a guy who has a couple laps around Port Royal Speedway, and, and had to pass him to get the win. So, and then hold off uh, his closest championship rival at the All-Stars all season long. So, it was definitely not a cakewalk by any means, you know. So, uh, love to see that. And Zeb's a great guy, and uh, not many guys can say anything bad about him. You know, he's he's a really cool guy, really fun to hang out with, and um, a great uh, great ambassador for the for the sport of sprint car racing as well. Uh, Corey Day, the winner at the uh, uh, Gold Cup. That that was it. Yep. Yeah, that was a, that yeah, was but... certainly a big one. Uh, Anthony Macri, not even a part of the show on Saturday night. So you saw what was going to lead up to that was the reason why they got in that crash on Friday night. I, I think it, he had a pretty good wreck with that, uh, 71 car, Bernie's car, um, on Friday night, didn't he? Uh, he, him and, you know, he probably got some flack from a lot of the fans and even some of the competitors with the series, you know, after what happened on Friday, I mean, he was in a transfer spot going into the last corner. Uh, he was in fourth, and there was nobody really close to him and went to throw that slider on Donnie. And I think he just kind of spun out at the end of it and collected Donnie and took them both out of the transfer spot, you know. So, um, you know, it's one of those moments where he probably looks back at it and says, man, I wish I would have just ran it through the corner and, and transferred in and had no problems. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think there was much damage at all to the car. Um, and then maybe Saturday he just – maybe they thought it was going to rain. I'm not sure. The forecast wasn't looking good early in the morning, so maybe they left. Or maybe he just kind of was over it. Maybe he knew that he was going to be back in the family car next weekend, so he was just kind of like, okay, we'll just get, we'll just regroup and come back next week. But um, yeah, I'm not sure why he wasn't back on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, shots had the weekend. He just soon forget, right? Right. Him and Hunter Schoenberg got together. Now, did Hunter Schoenberg did he have a problem with his car? Did he break and come across the racetrack and collect Donnie shots? Yeah, I think he hit the wall first, and then he came down and uh, and then got into Donnie. So this is a bad weekend for both those guys. Schoenberg, he also, on um, the first night, got collected with Kerry Madsen. They, he hit the wall in turn two, and Kerry got into him and flipped, and Kerry flipped both nights. So those three guys, Schatz, Madsen, and, and Schoenberg, they definitely had a really rough weekend. 
Uh, you know, Donnie didn't get out of the C main at the test score of 50. He was in the B main both nights uh, with, you know, with the outlaws and had to take a provisional the night that him and Macri got together. So uh, definitely a weekend that all three of those guys are, are hoping to forget very soon. Uh, you coming into our neighborhood there, uh, Chase, uh, Friday night, 81 Speedway, Saturday night, the track about a half hour from where we're talking right now, Lakeside Speedway, uh, two big nights uh, coming up this weekend. Yeah, uh, we were at 81 earlier this year, and, and it, you know, there were, had some interesting circumstances. You know, the weather was a little weird there, but um, happy to get back there. I, I thought it was a pretty good race the last time we were there, super tricky racing surface. Rico uh, won the last time we were there. Um, and then Lakeside, the race with High Limit Series was really good earlier this year, so um, excited to get there as well. I, I like that facility. usually gets a pretty good crowd. Um, and uh, I'm just interested to see how many cars kind of show up. You know, we got uh, the points battle. As soon as you think it's over, David Gravel gains back a little bit. He's 68 points behind Brad now, so I'm kind of hoping we get a lot of a good, you know, a good field of cars to maybe, you know, get in between those two potentially uh, both nights, and then maybe we could see something down the stretch uh, between Devil's Bowl and, and Charlotte for that championship. You know, David, I think he came into the weekend 90 or something back, and now he's down to 68, so... Uh, maybe it'll shake up a little bit more this coming weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Chase, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. We've got an interview that we, we did with Brian Brown that we're going to play here in just a few minutes. So uh, we need to get to that as well. So thanks for taking the time to join us each and every week right here on Mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Yep, thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you next Monday. Have a good week. I'll, right. talk, I'll talk to you Saturday night. I'll see you in person. How about that? All right, we'll, we'll get see it you done. Saturday. All <laughs> right, we'll see you. All right, thank you, you, Chase. There you have it. Chase Rodman joining us here on the show. He's the pit reporter for the uh, World of Outlaws. He is exceptional at at what he does, his craft, and what he how he just talks so studious. He, he's so well-rounded. I'm telling you, he's just as good as anybody can get. I think they'll get a good uh, car count this weekend. You know, well, I think some of so. these guys that uh, normally race up at Knoxville, Wouldn't all those be, guys will be there. Would not be surprised to see a few 360s. Uh, very well could be. Yeah. But I, I I would expect uh, 30 cars. What do you think? I would think somewhere around 25, 30 cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, Looking uh, for a good gonna... crowd out there, too, at Lakeside. Oh, yeah, that would be a good I'm, one. They always pack them in at Lakeside for... World of Outlaws. World of Outlaws packs them in everywhere. They do. Well, I think they had the biggest crowd they ever had last year. Yeah, yeah. For World of Outlaws, it, so it it, be, it's so. the greatest series on dirt. And really, to be honest with you, and you know that area, people haven't been to Lakeside in a while. That area is a lot clean, more cleaned up down there. You can park a lot closer to the track on the road. Yeah, if you're going to go ahead, the parking lot. A yeah, lot. there's just a lot more area to, to park. So, like you said, guys, don't don't think that you have to squeeze all the way out there on the 435 and park. They'll, they're not liking you parking all the way out there on the Walcott Drive, but right. I know you do. And for this event, it's better running on a Saturday night. Absolutely. Friday night, a lot of times people getting off work, traffic's different, uh, people trying to rush in. I think having it on a Saturday really works because people don't have to yep. rush in no, I agree uh, with to you. get into the facility. The, we'll, the only problem is getting out of the facility. Yeah. And that's like you said. Because the train might run through yeah, there once in a while. A little extra trip because they do plan it accordingly for Friday night racing. Right. You know, I mean. So Saturday night might be an issue because a, they might not know that the, the, 
that there's a, sure a race probably, going on yeah, there. Yeah, I'm sure they night. probably work with them right. a little bit, let yeah, them know. I, th- I think it'll be just fine. Yeah, you I, won't you have know, an issue. The, the, getting... the whole thing is is people getting into the facility in time for the races. Yeah, that last year. The times they ran on Friday night for the Outlaws is a little bit more of a problem. Absolutely. Todd, is it more of a problem getting in or getting out? Well, for the world of Outlaws, if you're running late, that line, I've seen it backed up all the way on the Walcott Drive. Right. So well, that's like, always happened when they've had it on, on a Friday night. night. So like right. Kirk saying, on a Saturday, this is going to be this will be perfect you, because you don't have to hurry up and get in there. You know what I there. do? Kirk gets the sound. And I run goes. down the steps. And haul ass out. Down the back steps and straight to my car and I drive straight out of there. You know, I, I think a lot of that is kind of overrated a little bit. I, I've stayed till the very end, hung out in the pits, took my time, get in the car. Yeah, you got to wait a little bit, but uh, it it really, nowadays, it's they've not, got some people helping direct yeah, that's traffic. The thing. It's they've not had, as they need bad to have, as it was they at have one to, time. They need to they, get two exits out yeah, of that Well, place. the yeah. problem is you can't because of the railroad tracks, but right. what they have done, like Kirk just said, They've provided a little bit of people helping guide some traffic right there where that Y takes place, and that's where... It's not really that bad. No, you get out of there a lot quicker than what you think. And like you said, it's Saturday night, guys. It's not like you're going to be having to get up early the next morning to do anything. It's it's, it's all good, man. uh, I'm going to have to... disagree with you a little bit well, like, well just, i just I, I yeah it's <clears throat> you have to wait there a little while but i don't think it's as that bad that shouldn't deter as, you from going uh, and watching out well I, I might hang out with blake and them yeah, a little bit like after said, the races you yeah. hang out with them for a little bit and yeah. pretty soon the line's gone you know right so, yeah no, yeah, it no, out the longer you wait and hang out in the pits absolutely and, you know that have have a couple of extra beers or whatever don't drive and drink there you go kirk he fixed but just just hang out a little bit after the race Kirk would never It'll drink and drive, would he? Have you another water before you head on the road? Right. Yeah. All right. All right. We're, we're ready. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more of Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I'm in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We had a chance to do an interview with Blackjack Brian Brown after he won the Tuscarora 50. Picked up $62,200. Man, that was a, a big win for Brian Brown, wasn't it? Yeah, he had to figure out how they're going to haul that big trophy back to Kansas City. He it's said that thing weighs a lot. 150 pounds. Right. No doubt. So they're all too happy to figure out a way to get it back home. Yeah. After that big win on Thursday night, we spoke to him on Saturday morning before he raced on Saturday night out of Port Yeah, give me, give me a couple seconds here, guys. That computer stopped a second. Give me a couple seconds. And, uh, you know, we were talking to uh, Chase Ra uh, Rodman here just a little bit ago. He thought that move on Chase Randall was, was a little sketchy. bit questionable. A little sketchy. A little sketchy? Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it myself. Just Listen, looking at it. I, I always root for Blackjack Brian we're, Brown. We're kind of biased a little bit. We're Brian well, Brown we've been fans. we've been following him for twenty years, right? <laughs> yeah, we've been watching him from the very beginning. From the beginning of, of his career. But you know, he had it all laid out. Brent Marks was probably gonna be the guy to win that race until he spun out. And uh Buddy Kofoid was probably another driver that had a real good shot of winning. But, yep. hey, you put yourself in position to win, and that's what Brian Brown did at Port Royal Speedway. you got, you got to put it all on the line when, you, you when you're running for $62,000, $200. All right, let's, uh, let's listen to our interview that we did with Blackjack Brian Brown. Welcome back to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And joining us now, uh, before I get into the Tuscarora 50, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about last night, Brownie. Um, I, I felt like that you kind of got screwed last night. You took the Did you take the checkered flag last night? Yeah, I'm not sure what was going on there or what happened. I, I felt like I did, but. I don't know. Like they've got a better bird's eye view of what's going on than than probably I do. And when the yellow came out, and the dangers of when to throw it, not not when not to throw it. But I did feel like I went under the checkered, but uh, it kind of is what it is at that point. Yeah. So what was going on with your car? Did you have a right rear going down? No, I actually um, I actually just messed up about I don't know four or five laps or three four laps from the end. I just tried to do a little bit different. I tried to run into one and two, you know, right against the fence. And I wanted to try to turn my car in the center and turn down the hill and try to kind of a little bit of a diamond move because you can catch some moisture sometimes if if you can do that down the back stretch. And um, I just, when I went to cut, I must have just caught my right rear on the wall and it sucked me into, sucked me into the wall. And, um, and, and I wasn't able to, hold on. 
sorry, housekeeping's knock on the door. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Yeah, so it sucked me into the wall and then when it got me in the wall, it, it so it just I thought my tire was going flat, but my right rear arm that holds the torsion bar was just bent very, very badly that was laying laying me very, very right. Right. And so idling around there. I just felt like my car was getting further right as I was idling around there. So I was like, gosh, it's got to be a tire. Uh, you just don't bend an arm that bad and keep going. Usually just breaks. So it's mm-hmm. uh, just part of it. Just really, um, just we had qualified decent. Uh, maybe just when we went out wasn't the right time. And then the heat race, we just kind of got in a little bit of a battle and kind of got shuffled. And then we were very, very good in the beat. And I felt like we could have passed a lot of cars, but just wasn't in the cards last night. Right? Yeah, that B main was stacked last night. That was a stacked yeah, B main. Yeah, they all are, man. It's, yeah. it's, there's when you get 50 cars. I mean, there 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 are lots of good cars that are going on the trailer just be, you know just because of this wasn't fast enough. Right. So, um, what happened with the 69K car? What happened there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it's. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, I felt like that when I when we went around there, it's like we we were both. Um, both fast, obviously it's put on the first couple laps of the B main and, um, we went around there and, you know, we got around to the excellence, like they've got the track a little bit shaped different right now because they just put 47 loads of dirt on it. So it's how you exit turn four or exit turn two. Sometimes the guy on the bottom seems like it washes towards the outside further than it, than it did in the past. And I felt like we got around there and he, I seen him there for the, for a brief second below me. And then all of a sudden it's like, he's in my lap. So right. it's like, you know, just, you know, at this point, one of those racing deals, I feel like. Yeah. So let's talk about the big win, $62,000. Brownie, how many races have you won that paid $60,000 to win? Yeah, I've, I've not won any that's paid 62000 to win. Um, you know, obviously the Knoxville Nationals running second, those pay seventy five. Um, but, you know, this is obviously the biggest uh, paying race I've ever won, and uh, you know, obviously, probably the biggest race I've ever won. That's no, that's a crown jewel. It's one you you get your name on a T-shirt if if you if you win it. Um, the, you know, looking at the list of the winners yesterday, and it's just like, man, I put some some studs on there. Just proud to be on that list, and yeah, just uh, I've always figured we could win a race at Port Royal. Um, just never figured it would be on the biggest stage. You know, the biggest race of the east coast uh every you know every single year didn't we thought we could win it but um here we are and we want it let, let me ask you this did you take a little pleasure outrunning kyle larson that night <laughs> well I, I i took a i took pleasure of outrunning 54 good good cars um <laughs> kyle right. is just the one that you know happened to be second um but yeah anytime you can outrun him you know you know you've you know beat the best in the world um, you know, and, you know, Chase, he did a phenomenal job leading that race and doing everything he, you know, he did. And, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, when you get, when you're running second and you clear the guy for the lead and it's seven to go and, you know, you knew Kyle was in third at that point, you just got to run very, very hard, consistent laps and try not to make any mistakes. And, you know, sometimes that's still not good enough. And, uh, right. on, on Thursday, that was, that was good enough to, to, to get the big money back to Missouri. How, how, talk about that pass of Chase Randall in the 9R car. Um, how how did you get around him? D- did you have to set him up a little bit? Well, no, not necessarily. I, I I felt like really what got me into that position was just 
just thinking about the restarts, you know, the, the restart, a couple of restarts before that, I had been kind of being up a little higher than the guy in front of me. And then when I would get to the flag stand, I would be right on the guy's rear bumper and, and really catching that guy so you can make a move into turn one. Uh, the restart before that, I was up that way, and it just kind of get a little bit dirty off of turn four. And when I come off turn four, I kind of spun my tires a little bit. That let Buddy Kofoit get a run at me. And then me and him got racing, and I think, you know, I, I got passed by him because I was trying to set Chase up. And um, so I knew on that last restart with seven to go, I was going to have to get a little bit creative and, and just think think through the process of, okay, how am I going to get the best run to be able to, 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 to do something with Chase? And when we got to the flag stand, uh, you know, I felt like I had a good run. And then I just went on across, and, you know, I went to a point where I felt like I was not going to crash Chase but I was going to try to push push the limit as much as I could, and um, and he he chose to try to go around the outside, and um, we never touched. He didn't touch the fence, and um, it was away we went. We knew at that point we had to had to run like the cops were chasing us, and that's that's what we did. Uh, Brian, congratulations on the big win the other night. What were you thinking when Brent Marks got into that lap car and spun around? Yeah. I, when that happened, um, obviously that was a little bit of a gift I felt like. Um, but sometimes you're leading that or you're running third in the race and you think, gosh, we only got no chance to win this race just because how it's, you know, we're just slower. I, that whole race, the whole time, from the time we took the green on lap one to, to lap 50, I felt like my car was very, very good. And I felt like I could run up to guys when we needed to or, or stay, run the same pace. And Chase was kind of pacing uh, Brent four or five car lengths ahead, and, and I was pacing Chase. So I, I felt still felt comfortable at that point that we have have a shot to to win it. And even at the break, I made a few minor changes to my car, but nothing nothing major to to say, gosh, we're, we need to take a big swing. So uh, yeah, I felt like that. Uh, who knows when we got the tra- you know heavy traffic, what would have happened? That's really when the races start. And um, but yeah, I'd, once I seen Brent that happen, you know, and then he's coming up the track. I'm already entering on the top, and I thought, think to myself, gosh, he's in my line. How am I going to not hit him? And, you know, there wasn't much between me and him, and um, luckily we were able to sneak through there and uh, live to fight another day. Hey, wh- when you do a halfway break, do you make the calls on the adjustments to the car? Are, are you the one that gives the feedback to Chad and Chad makes the adjustments? What, or do you well, give him advice? to what to do on the car well i mean it's it's a joint venture really i mean it's it's not hey do this do that do that i mean sometimes it is just depending on if he's not in a good spot where he can't see what's going on right i'll make 100 percent of the calls you know uh, but if there's times that i'm like man i don't really know what this thing's doing he'll make 100 percent of the calls uh on saturday night or Thursday night when we had that break we were pretty he could see pretty good and I could feel what was going on pretty good. And we were hundred percent on the same page of what needed to change that needed to be made minute change to make us a little bit better. And, um, yeah, but it's never really, uh, a dictatorship where we overrule each other or whatever. Normally it's either, can you see very good? It, can you tell better what's going on than me? And we're all, we're usually on the same page and, um, yeah, we just try to work together it's so beneficial to have a crew chief that can watch and pay attention and know what a car is doing. Um, it just, just helps just another set of eyes. It's another, you know, two heads are better than one a lot of the times. And right. we, we, we take advantage of, of his, his experience.
How important is it to have Chad back? Yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. It's um, like I said, it's 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 all these guys. You know, Chad Chad's obviously the leader of the group, but you know, having my dad, he goes with us all the time. Justin Lauer, he's he's my my young kid crew crew guy. Does a phenomenal job, and I think you know when you come out here and race for this long a period of time. We've been here for a month. Um, right. I, I think what happens is 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 that you have some good nights you win a race you have some top five top three and then you have some not so good nights and the, the not so good nights i think how you get up the next day to attack the next race or the next morning or whatever you know attitudes are contagious and i feel like that no matter what's happened this whole trip um if you run 12 the guys come out the next morning and attack to work on the race car like like we just won six in a row and i think that gets my mental state where they believe in me i believe in them and we're we're only one race away from from putting this thing in victory lane we run 14th at williams grove last saturday and one on thursday so i think i'm just proud of their whole attitudes the whole this whole trip it's a long it's a long month a lot of racing and uh it's not real easy to get your your head in a bad spot where you know, Chad's in a bad attitude. I'm in a bad attitude. Well, if those guys are mad, why, how come my dad's not? My dad might as well be mad too. You know? Right? Yeah. You have to keep attitudes are contagious, and you you know you have to keep a good attitude that you think you can't night away from putting it all together. It's right. I mean, it's, these guys out here are tough, man. Like it, even on your good nights, you can get your butt whipped. So, uh, hey, just uh, part of it. Just so you know. I've just become a granddad myself, a, 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 a Man, grandpa, awesome? and isn't it so cool to have a grandbaby? Gosh, man, it's it's, unfo- it's so awesome, but I've only been able to see him for three days, the first three days of his life, so I, I see pictures now, man, it just... Like I'm excited to get home in general, but man, just having knowing he's going to be there just gets me that a little bit more excited to, you know, getting a flight early tomorrow morning, I'll be home at 10.30 in the morning, and just, uh, yeah, just... It's cool, man. Never, never. I've never had kids of my own. You know, I have a stepdaughter that's like my own, but it's never. And then having having him around. Well, congratulations on uh, be being a, a granddad, and boy, we are looking forward to seeing you back home next Saturday night out at Lakeside Speedway. Big big night out there, and uh, what what are you thinking about getting back to uh, back home racing and Lakeside? There'll be eighty one next Friday, but Lakeside next Saturday night. Yeah, I mean Lakeside's a place we've we've been good before. We beat the Outlaws, and I feel like we're where we're at as a team right now. That um, there's no reason we can't go there, get qualified, and contend for a win on our home turf. It's be pretty cool to beat to beat the best in the world, you know, out here last week, and then come home and and, and beat those guys. And uh, I think we can do it. I mean, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Uh, our car is good, our engines are good, guys are good, and I'm good. So there's uh, the can. Uh, opportunity, and uh, we're going to have both next Saturday at at, uh, at Lakeside. Hey, hey, Brown, you know, there's been a lot of rumors going around about Lakeside shortening up that racetrack. I, I, I don't think they need to do that. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You hear people talk about, uh, you know, it's just, I think that's just the easiest thing to say, just, oh, just shorten it. I mean, that's that's really the answer to most people's when people say what's wrong, how come people aren't coming or aren't racers leave? I mean, it's just it's shorten it up. I mean, that takes a lot of money. I mean, a lot yeah. of money that, I mean, where's that going to come from? Uh, it's, are you going to recoup those funds, you know, to shorten the track is 
hundreds of thousands of, you know, of dollars to do stuff like that. And right. um, you just, I think you have to look at what, why, how, what, what's the reasoning. And I feel like the racing at Lakeside, every time we were there is great racing. I feel like, right. Yeah, um, no so doubt. I don't, I wouldn't shorten the track because of the racing is bad. It's unless, unless it would help weekly racing where guys don't feel like they have to have a, the best engine or whatever. Um, I would be for that, but just shorten it to shorten. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yep. No doubt. Brownie, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Track Talk this morning. Um, I, I know that a lot of listeners that listen to Sports Radio 810 are big fans of yours, and I, I know that a lot of PA fans are fans of yours as well. Are you selling some T-shirts out there? Yeah, we sell a few, man. It's, it's uh, These fans are awesome, and it's like they've, they, they, they love the PA posse. They hate the outlaws, but I feel like – for guys that come in, you know, entrepreneurs, guys that are like privateer teams that come in on their own because they want to come and race in Pennsylvania, they love. Um, you know, we saw a lot of T-shirts now that when we're out, probably eight out of our ten orders online go to Pennsylvania. Oh, Six wow. Or eight, eight, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. So, um, yeah, we're very fortunate to have a lot of good fans out here and um, that, that love to see us do good. and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's an awesome place to be in September. A lot of money on the line, and um, we, we and we enjoy it very much. That's yeah. got to be the biggest trophy you've ever won, is it not? That oh, is a man, big trophy. Is, I'm telling you, like it's like you, what you guys can't believe. It's big in, in size, but it's 140 pounds, 150 pounds. So it's like it is. Holy cow! We, it, we had a hell of a time trying to figure out how we're going to get this thing home, but. I don't care. We've, we've got to strap it to the top of the old Casey's SEP hauler. <laughs> that thing's coming home with us. Don't you guys worry. Yeah, no doubt about and, it. And, and and we get to go to Monday morning and put 62000 in the bank. So that's, that's even oh, better. Oh, yeah. All right, Brown. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the show, man. Uh, I know it's it's probably, what, about 9 o'clock out there? Yep, 9 o'clock, and the maids are knocking on the door, buddy. You're, we're, we're holding up progress here. All right, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you get your room <laughs> Good cleaned luck tonight. Up. Good luck to you tonight, All right. bud. All right, there you have it, our interview with Blackjack Brian Brown on Saturday morning. And, uh, man, I was so happy for him to pick up that $62,000. Weren't you, Kurt? Yeah, I just uh, Friday night he didn't make the A-Main. Because uh, I think they, I think they screwed him a little bit there. The the race was over. The B main was over. He had it won. He won that race. And there was a couple of cars that spun out, turned four, or had an issue. But the race was over. So right. He went back green white. Checked he, the restart. He had the problem on the right rear and wasn't able to make it to the end. He took the checkered flag. That's all you got to say about that. Well, he was crossing the start finish line. Then they they pulled the checkered flag back. Right. So to me, the race was over. Me too. So he didn't make the A main on Friday night. He did make it on Saturday night and came out of there, what, uh, 12th place finish on Saturday night? Yep, no doubt about it. All right, let's bring in Trenton Berry. Let's talk about the USRA Nationals that was taking place down at Lucas Oil Speedway. Trenton, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. So I got to know something, too. Stick text me. I wasn't in the in the van when Brownie won that race, but he, he texted me there. We were at the same track there at Wheatland, and he told me, he said, holy smokes, Brown just won that race. Uh, I didn't realize the night before they had, had, had hosed him like that. There's no scenario, regardless of, independent of what else happens on that speedway, if your leader 
crosses the start finish line at the end of the white flag lap and the race is over. There, yeah. there, are, there are zero ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is as black and white as you can get. Yeah, no Actually, doubt about it. Actually, that occurred the night after he won the sixty-two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a that that's a that's a screw job, hundred percent, no doubt about it. Trenton, you had a long so, week last week. Oh my gosh! So my brother got married on top of that. So I had all kinds of family family in town and and all sorts of things out of the norm. And uh, my wife and I's little little coffee shop hosted the rehearsal dinner on the Friday night and. We had all our staff, and it was a, a home a home race for me. And yeah, there was a <laughs> there was there was a lot. So you were um, able to attend a was, wedding and do all of this all at the same time. How do you pull that? Yeah, out? well, so I didn't get to the races till about nine o'clock Saturday night. <laughs> so luckily, the the crew had Saturday under control. But I was there every other night, and I got there about nine o'clock Saturday night, just in time to watch the uh, all all the A mains. So. That part worked out pretty good, but our, our crew had a heck of a day because uh, they started streaming uh, streaming the go all the, the preliminary go kart races and things oh. that go on with that event on Saturday. So uh, they started about noon. So they they did a heck of a job, man. I um I can't be more proud of all the efforts that they they put in this week, and I'm just really fortunate to have uh, a lot of talented people uh, yeah. that, that that we're surrounded by. So no doubt. Uh, you, you've got a good group of people that work for you there. Uh, Jake Tim picked up the win. He beat Brandon Davis and Gabe Hodges. Um, tell us yeah. about that race a little bit. Yeah, Jake Tim. So you watch Jake Tim race a lot. He he prefers the top, all except for the last two weeks here. So he, he went to the race there at his home track at Mississippi Thunder last weekend at the, what they called the Great Pumpkin Races. And um, he circled the bottom of the racetrack and won two races. And I'll be darned if he didn't come to Wheeling this week and uh, circle the bottom again and, and get the job done. So uh, pretty pretty cool deal. There was a great field of modifieds there as part of the USRA Nationals. It, it had the feel of a USMTS race and, you know, had several full-time cars there too. Um, the qualifying nights were exciting. I think one of the best races of the whole weekend, uh, there was a qualifying feature on Friday night where Terry Phillips and Carlos Amata Jr., uh, went side by side for 20 laps, one on the bottom, one on the top. The track was dead slick and, and was just, the track was on fire. It was so good that night. Um, really it was, it was good all weekend. Um, they, uh, the, the crew did a good job. They had minimal breaks for work, uh, on it. And, and it was, it was pretty fantastic, but yeah, Tim was the, he was the big winner. And, um, you know, the cool thing about the USRI nationals is you, you get to highlight a lot of those other grassroots classes too. And, you know, they had a ton of cars in them, so uh, pretty exciting all the way around. I think they said, I think Todd said, and I can't, it's hard to tell this on my race pass because there were different qualifying nights for different groups, so it's almost impossible to get the total event car count, but I believe Todd, he, he told Stick, and I think I think it was like 260 cars for the week, so wow, that's pretty fantastic. That's pretty fantastic, too, you know. Uh, I got to talk to you about Terry Phillips on Saturday night. Uh, he uh, yeah. not not very happy uh, with what occurred no. there. T tell us what what you saw there. Yeah, so he he wasn't real happy. He uh, he felt like uh, felt like another little car there got into him. So um, it was tough. And, and right before that race, too, his his driver J C Morton had won the B mod race, and that was the really the first big win for bloodline race cars in, uh, in the B mods. And he got DQ'd in post-race tech. Um, they had to have a 
fixed. I don't want to get I don't want to get people too lost, but anyway, it's and, and I'm not an expert here either. But it's however the pull bar connects. They have to it has to be solid in the B mods, and they get to be on Heinz and the modifieds and the USMTS, and so they just put the same thing on that Phillips ran, and it was something they overlooked in the rules, and it was their fault. So uh, they just accepted it. Nobody threw a fit, but just like moments before TP gotten his accident on the track, his B mod had just been disqualified from winning their biggest race. That, that you know that that they had been a part of with that brand of cars. So it just it just all together wasn't a wasn't a night that he's probably going to want to remember uh, past the time that, that he went to bed Saturday night, really. But he you know TP was fast. He was fast all weekend. He was good right right in the mix. Um, ran second on that that one qualifying feature, and the night he ran second the night before he he led at the white flag. So I mean he was very much in the hunt this weekend, and until all of a sudden there Saturday night he wasn't. Yeah. Who was uh, that that got into him? Uh, so it was the 98 of Kevin Stoas who had made contact. And I'm going to tell you, I don't really know what I missed. Like, I was in the van. I was watching it. We had the video. And I, I can't really – I'm not recalling the specifics of, of what took place there. But that was that was kind of where the, the frustration was, was geared towards. So, geared towards, so. And well, so it all started in the other end of the racetrack before it ended up in turns yeah. one and two. Yes, yeah, no doubt. Yes, correct. Um, let's talk about the USRA B mods. Uh, Mitchell Franklin, he beat uh, Ryan Gilmore and Shadron Turner. How about that race? So th- so J.C. Morton won that race. That, that was the race that he won, and Mitchell was second, and then he didn't, he didn't get through uh, post-race tech. So J.C. and oh. Mitchell had a heck of a, had a, heck of yeah. a race. Um, heck, heck of a race. And so, uh, Morton was on the top, Mitchell was below him and Mitch, Mitchell was, was good. And they kept getting better through the week, but he was really, really, he was on fire. They, they nailed it for the A main. They were, they were on the money. And so where JC really closed on him was he, he slipped down. He started running the low side through three and four late in the race and on the, um, the second to last lap, he cut three and four perfectly and was able to pull away, led the white flag, and took the checkers, and was good until about 15 minutes later. So, yeah. Um, but you know what? You gotta you gotta follow the rules, and and uh, the bloodline group said, "Hey, it's 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 in black and white. We we missed it." So um, they they took it took it like you'd expect them, and and they're gonna be ready to go this weekend. I know JC's looking for a little redemption here at Arrowhead this week, and he was the track champion there this year. So. Uh, I would expect that that 18 bloodline to be a little extra motivated uh, going into the races here this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. What did Franklin get disqualified for? Do you know? Morton JC got disqualified. JC JC he got disqualified because the the something with the pull bar bracket has to be welded on the B mods, and in the USMTS cars, they're able to run Heinz on there. And so it's it's allowed to move a little bit, and so right. they took they took what Phillips usually runs is what they had on the race car, and so that's what they missed in the rule book. So Franklin started twentieth in that race. That that's quite so, a yeah, he was, comeback. So yeah, he was. So uh, I, I miss he was he was really good. I, I misunderstood. J.C. Morton got disqualified. Right. right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. J.C. got disqualified. All right. Uh, congratulations yep. to all of the other winners, uh, Josh Kane in the USRA Stock Car Division, uh, Chris Hebden won the USRA Hobby Stocks, hey. and Randy Marlet, Mar- Randy Martin in the USRA Tudor yep. Division. 
so Chris Chris Hubden was second in his two, and the the winner of that one got disqualified as well. And so those two features ran back to back. So it was kind of a running joke there late in the night. Like, well, he he's won, but they haven't went through the room of doom yet. So Dylan Clinton uh, you know, was the DQ driver. Yeah, yeah, Dylan Clinton was DQ'd there. So Chris Hubden got that. Hubden's been really good in the USRI Hobby Stocks all year. So um, very deserving champions in, in all classes. And, you know, we've seen this. You know, like back when we used to do the Wissota 100, it seemed like every year somebody somebody'd win a race and get pegged afterwards. So it's um, there's a lot of tech that goes into these races, whether you're talking Boone, the Wissota 100, uh, or this USRI Nationals. They, they all have a lot of tech involved with them. So not only pre-tech, but then post-race tech on qualifying nights and, and then obviously post-race tech after the eight mains. It's, it's really, really intense to make it through those races. Hey, Trenton, I'm sitting here looking at, at the uh, B-Mods. There was a yeah. boatload of B-Mods down there, wasn't there? Oh, it was great. It was, yeah, and it was cool. And you know what? By the time they, they wheeled it out and all the qualifying, they had a heck of a race. Had a heck of a race. The track was really good Saturday night, too. Um, the Beamonts put on some really good shows uh, throughout throughout the course of the week, and they they really supported it well, which was awesome. And it was good. They, you know, they had pretty strong car counts in every class. I was super impressed with the modified field. Obviously, um, I think that's the best of the three years. Obviously, I, I hope I'm not having revisionist history here, you know, or a recency bias with with what it was. But man, in, in my memory, that was the best field of the three years you know, that, that have been at Wheatland so far for the, the modifieds too. Um, it was really a great event. So the format changed a little bit this year too. One thing that I love, um, I, I did not know this was possible. Um, I did not know that you could spin out in a heat race, not draw a yellow and get back going. But lo and behold, the rules for this event were any, any caution that you draw, you go to the pits. Guys, I'm telling you, you would be amazed how many race cars can get back going to where the yellow flag doesn't have to be thrown. Um, right. I think that is a rule that needs a hard look at being implemented in a lot more events, strictly from a time standpoint. They also did not run B mains on qualifying nights, which was different this year, too, and I think it was a very welcome addition. There wasn't a racer I asked in the pits that did not like this format. So listen to this. Everybody went in and ran their heat races, and wherever they stacked up in their in their points after their heat races determined which one of the eight features they went to. You went to you went to uh, you went to one of, of two or three A features depending on the, the classes for, for the given night. And so you kept a lot more racers engaged. And I'm just saying from a from a standpoint of trying to keep a competitor's buy in, it's a whole lot more meaningful on a qualifying night to say, Hey, we were fifth, sixth, seventh in whatever a feature it was and to say, hey, we were fifth, sixth, seventh in a B main. You know, that that just kind of takes the wind out of your sails. And I just like from an event standpoint, I hadn't quite seen one done like this with multiple A mains on qualifying nights, but it was extremely popular. And there's no reason that that should not be the qualifying format going forward. They did a terrific job getting through the show with all the cars that ran every night. It was it was really sp- pretty spectacular. You, yeah, I'm telling you, even for all the races you guys have been to, if you'd have been there in person, you would have been really impressed with how the show moved along. They did a great job. Yeah, I watched a lot of it. A good, I agree with you. That's a good format they had down there. It was a good show. The yeah. racing was good. Uh, you got a big weekend coming up this weekend on RacingDirt.com. You got the USMTS Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Arrowhead Speedway. ASCS yeah. National Tour decides the championship this weekend at Devil's Bowl Speedway Friday and Saturday night. 
man, it's it's going to be a it's going to be from one big one to the next. And um, you know, you guys can speak to this more than me about the importance of Devil's Bowl and the ASCS, but you know, that's a racetrack that means everything to that tour. So that that's awesome that it's going to be there. It's cool. It's going to decide the championship uh, for that tour this year. Um, on the USMTS side, great name, too. This is an inaugural event. It's the Army Contractors, so that's the that's the company title sponsor. But the, the name of the event, the All-American. And I, what what a perfect name for a race. Um, I can't believe that one had, was available and hadn't, hadn't been used uh, just like that before. So... A tip of the tip of the hat there to my buddy Bryce Hall for coming up with that name, but uh, the the Army contractors all American this weekend. So Saturday night though they're going to up the ante twenty grand to win Saturday night for the USMTS, wow. and and after this weekend there's only two races left. So uh, these three are going to going to go an awful long way to to trying to figure out who's going to be the champion. Yeah. So, going to be a great weekend so it'll be be three five and 20 this weekend with a practice on wednesday at arrowhead first usmts races on the the new track and i say new track we know it was what it was before but uh it that thing's had a three and a half million dollar renovation to it it's it's nothing nothing like what was there before the place is just fan absolutely fantastic trenton and 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 i'm in almost every aspect, that place is as nice as Lucas Oil. I mean, it, it is it is just incredible the amount of work and effort that went into it. What did you think of the game yesterday? Man, are you are you it's, are, it's, are you a little frustrated? To, man, it's hard to be. It shouldn't be frustrated after a win, but man, I just I just am. They're just not. Be happy with know, the win, like they like they. They are not right now in a spot to beat the 49ers. I don't think they're in a nope. spot to beat the Eagles either. Nope. I, I really don't. Maybe not even Miami. Um, maybe not even Miami. I, I think I think Miami is the only team that might you know be on their level in the AFC. But I don't I don't think they're even. And, and even looking at the Eagles and the 49ers, I think the 49ers are probably a step ahead of the Eagles. I. I don't know. I, if this Brock Purdy really is good at quarterback, the Chiefs could be in trouble late in the season. If, if this if this Purdy really is good, and you know everybody thought he was, and then he got hurt, and then the you know the the NFC Championship was a total disaster because he couldn't throw the ball last year. But I'm telling you, he looks the part. Hey, Kirk, and Kirk, I saw every game he played in college, and I've seen every game he's man. played for the 49ers. I got to tell you, he's much better as a 49er than he was as a Cyclone. Was he? So that's what's yeah. That's what's crazy about it. He was a he was a low draft pick. Well, um, he, he he was Mister Irrelevant a lot when he was yeah. a Cyclone. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a game in point against Oklahoma. He was running around trying to make something happen at the end of the half and uh, dropped the ball. Oklahoma scored. They might have won that ball game, but he's been perfect as a 49er. He's not, uh, yeah. he's not uh, what, he's been, like thrown one or two interceptions since he's been a pro. It's a, it's Man, incredible if, the way if, he's played. If the Chiefs would have had to match up against them yesterday, there's no way they beat the 49ers yesterday. I agree. Not, not a not a not a chance in the world they beat them right now. So hey. it's still the same stuff, man. We we have a bunch of C level wide receivers, and I don't know, you know, can we coach C level receivers to be B level receivers? B level uh, receivers uh, are probably uh, good enough. They're hey. probably good enough to get the job done, but they're not right now. I'm going to tell you that Rice is going to be good. Yeah, perfect. Let's let's see more of them. I, I I want a game where Travis Kelsey doesn't have to go get ten receptions. I, I, I you know, like it's great when he does, 
but that's it's too much. We we were a complete train wreck when he was out yesterday. No, Total I know. Total train wreck. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, hey, I got I got to say, got to figure that out. I got to say this, Trent. I listened to the second half on the radio yesterday. Coming back, your friend Art Haynes sounds yeah. great on the radio right now. It was good man, to listen to it. Man, he does, doesn't he? So he he called the Missouri State uh, game with my my other buddy Corey Riggs. Um, they did that was a home game for them uh, on Saturday. So uh, they, he was busy most of the day Saturday, and um, I know Art had he had one of our other good uh, mutual friends in there, a gentleman by the name of Don West, that was helping him uh, in his in his. Uh, gig with the chiefs yesterday so it was uh it's it's just great guys he, he gets a little better every week and i'm telling you this has been such a such a positive experience i i can't i can't believe this has has all just happened and i'm so happy and i i get to talk to my friend and my mentor um regularly now uh, i don't talk to him every day but we, we text back and forth quite a bit you know if i if we finished this deal and I picked up the phone and called him right now, he'd answer and we'd, we'd catch up, you know, again. But it's just great to be able to to do that and to see him doing what he loves. And I know that it means a lot to him to be able to have these things to look forward to as he continues his, his uh, rehabilitation. He's, he's just the, – the folks at the uh, – and, and I'll just tell you, he's, he's doing TV ads for him here in the local market on the football games. So this this Springfield Rehabilitation Center where he's where he's at right now and the people that are helping him uh, get get his life back I just I just meant the world to him and uh, all his friends. Yeah, he was so he sounded great. All right. Yeah, Trenton. Yep. Trenton, we can't thank you enough for joining us each week here on Mostly Motorsports. We we appreciate your USMTS coverage and USRA coverage as well. And uh, we we can't thank you enough for doing it each and every week. Can't wait to yeah, watch this weekend. Racing dirt is my big go-to this weekend. We're, we got we got a lot of stuff happening this yep. weekend. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to be in this situation, and uh, you know it's just man, this style. Like I, we're leaning hard on them to get through this stretch of fall races, and and I just I, I just want everybody to know and want them to know how much I appreciate everything they're doing because I mean the. Me and Stick are just a couple guys without without them, and, and that's uh, it, it's hard to get a lot done. So they uh, they're, they're the ones making it happen. Kirk and I understand everything that you're going through, bud. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, it, it's a great it's a great uh, it's a great situation. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Congratulations so, on your brother's wedding, by the and, way. And, yeah, yeah, my brother got yeah. married. Oh, and we get to stay at a, we get to stay at a casino this weekend, so oh, I'll be cool. sure to report back to you guys if I uh, if I hit any on anything. Okay. Yep, no doubt. Thank you, Trenton. <laughs> See you guys. See you. All right. Thanks. There you have it, Trenton. Before Barry. we get through, Bobby Pierce wins two late model races this weekend in the World of Outlaws at Brownstown and Saturday night at Fairbury, where he's just a master at that racetrack. Thirty-three wins on the year. 13 in the world of outlaws he's got that championship wrapped up and i was at corning iowa for a malvern bank late model season finale four thousand dollars to the winner Corey zeitner coming through the win thought maybe justin zeitner was going to get it done but he dropped out not long after the start of the race after uh, fending off a slider a reverse slider by Chris Speaker, who had the lead. Those two cars making contact. Not sure if that caused some damage, and he dropped out. But Corey Zeitner 
uh, coming up with the big win up there on Saturday night. Um, uh, Tammy says Blackjack is right. For whatever reason, the PA Posse fans love a few outsiders, Larson, Rico, Brown, and Peck. And they do hate the world of outlaws. They do hate the world of outlaws. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the show today. i I got to thank Todd Surprise for doing a wonderful job, as he usually does every day here on Mostly Motorsports and uh, Track Talk as well. So, for Hope to see you all out at Lakeside on Saturday night. Saturday night, 81 on Friday night, Lakeside yeah. on Saturday night. Yes, sir. Right. All right. For Todd Surprise, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Saturday on Track Talk. stronger with rod and supply whether you are running industrial farming equipment or a race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. we don't just sell them we race them rod serving the racing community for over 30 years